Good morning. I'd like to welcome each of you here. I feel like I've been sort of out of the loop for a little while between sick and we vacated a little bit last weekend. So I'd like to welcome myself back and anybody else that's been going. So uh, let me go through a few announcements first and then we'll uh, we'll go into some, some worship and, and uh, I think most of you here are aware of the the giving process we have going, you can still either put it in the box in the back, uh, mail it, uh, give online, whatever your preference is, that's fine. Appreciate your your giving and your faithfulness uh, with that. There is a reminder on here that we still need donations for stamps and uh, Appreciate Mary doing that card ministry. It means a lot to a lot of people. And uh, this Wednesday we have Bible study with Ray. And uh, along that line, I spoke to Ray this morning. He uh, he is on his way. Uh, he's not feeling real well. And uh, I'm not saying this for pity. I'm saying say a prayer. I hadn't felt real spiffy the last couple of days. Now we agree between the two of us that neither one of us have leprosy or any life-threatening deal. So when he comes walking in, don't freak out. But I will say this, if it's on your bucket list to arm wrestle me or Ray, today would probably be your day. You'd probably come out on top. So, uh, Mike, He's going to have an announcement shortly in uh, before prayer, a uh, special announcement. I won't say any more about that, but it relates to next Sunday's uh, worship service. So Mike will, will have some uh, details to share with us regarding that. Um, let me share a little word with you, and then we'll... Uh, We'll go from there. Jesus, I thank you for becoming my salvation. Thank you for forgiving my sin and my mistakes. Today I want to celebrate your power, humility, and abundant love. I want to give you the glory, honor, and praise that you deserve. Give me the courage to boldly shout like your cousin John let that you are the one who takes away the sins of the world. In your name, amen. Good morning. If you're able, why don't you stand with us as we begin singing this beautiful old hymn, He Keeps Me Singing. singing and 
this week to have uh, some family back with us, visiting with us, Charlie and Ken Butts. For many years they worshiped here with us and we were blessed by his vocal and instrumental talent. And so we're so glad you're joining us today and blessing us for the song. Won't you come on in St. Paul's? Well, it is good to be back home. <laughs> See, a few familiar faces. And you all got older. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think we left here, in fact, it was just about exactly 22 years ago. It was in the year 2000, we moved to New Mexico. And uh, it's good to be back home. You're always still home. You're going to always be home for me. I have several homes because I worked for the government for 35 years, so moved around the country a little bit. But this is one of my favorite homes. Home, my home home will always be back in western Oklahoma. That's why I got the string tie. We're talking later this one about the string tie. I guess you get out of habits, you just can't you can't ever get rid of them. Charlie's not here this morning. She's she's back at the apartment. We stayed over at Nancy and, and Charles' apartment. And you know that place doesn't have any windows. It's dark in there. And, <laughs> and when I, I thought, oh, I wake up early. Well, I woke up early, but sore. I went back to sleep. And then she woke up late. She, and she didn't feel real good this morning. So y'all pray for her. But she's doing fine. She's still redheaded. She's still about that tall. And. <laughs> a little ball of fire. And she sends her love to y'all. And uh, it's good to be with you this morning. You know, I'm not sure what I'm going to sing. I always, always come with and say, Lord, let me know what I'm supposed to do. But uh, this morning, I just want to tell you that don't worry. God sends peace to us. You know, I've had a lot of decisions in my life, made a lot of wrong decisions because I didn't listen to the Lord. But uh, I know that he, he's, he's in control. And uh, most things we worry about never happen. You ever notice that? We worry about, worry about something's going to happen, and about 95% of the time it doesn't happen anyway. So we just trust the Lord, and He can give us peace. Uh, that's the song I want to sing. I'm going to do two. Can I do two songs? Can I do two songs? All right, I'm going to do two songs. You know, I look over here, and I just miss, miss seeing Sister Ruth. And this is. Ruth Cootie, one of my favorite people. And this one, one of her songs, if she, if she were here, she'd say, Kent, can you sing Thanks for Loving Me? So I'm going to do it in memory of Ruth. There's a lot to be thankful for. Thankful I grew up in a Christian home. 
thankful that God's been merciful to me, yeah, taking care of me. I enjoy good health. I'm kind of stoop-shouldered and got a few more wrinkles than I used to have. My, some of my hair turned loose and all of it turned gray. But I, I'm glad that God has been with me. And too often I think we as Christians tend to think, take things for granted. So I do this first in, in memory of Ruth because she's she was one of my best best buddies. And uh, this is her, one of her favorite songs. Dear Lord, I've asked you for so many things before for the strength to climb each mountain in my way. I've asked for strength and health. Oh, I've even asked for wealth. But from now on, this is the way I'll pray. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for Calvary. Thanks for your ribbon side, your nail pierced hands, the crown of thorns you wore. Thanks for mom and dad and all the good times we had. But most of all, Thanks for loving me When I complain to thee Of things that bother me And I question why some burdens come along Forgive me when I whine Your will be done, not mine for thanking you should be my only song When I was just a kid And I knelt by my bed My thanks to you each night I always said Oh, to be a child again Have faith as I did then Lord, grant this one request to me, amen. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for Calvary. Thanks for your ribbon side, your nail-pierced hands, the crown of thorns you wore. Thanks for mom and dad. And all the good times we had But most of all Thanks for loving me Yes, most of all Thanks for loving me Have a lot of blessings, do And like I say, I've made a lot of decisions. And I've always found out if I'll just wait and talk to the Lord, he'll, he'll guide me. Sometimes I get ahead of him. But uh, he, he can give us peace, whatever we decide. Just listen to him, obey him. I'm still learning. I'm a slow learner. I'm 74 years old, but I'm still, still trying to learn to listen to the Lord. And let his peace be in my heart. Many fears. 
What lies ahead in their tomorrow But I know who holds tomorrow in his hand It doesn't matter where he's leading you Jesus will be there too My Lord will help you I know he can No need to worry about tomorrow For God's already there He is waiting with open arms And your path he has prepared So when you feel you can't go on Just remember Jesus cares No need to worry about tomorrow For God's already there It's like to fear the future For many times on my knees I have prayed Oh Lord, please go before me now Help me make it through somehow Through the darkness I can hear my father say Son, no need to worry about for I'm already there I'm waiting now with open arms And your path I have prepared So when you feel you can't go on Just remember that I care No, no need to worry about tomorrow For I'm already there things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand so when you feel that you just can't go on just remember Jesus cares no need to worry about tomorrow for God's already It is so good to be back in the house of the Lord. Um, I've missed it. And, uh, and we're glad to be feeling better. Thank you all for your prayers and uh, for lifting us up. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, I threatened to come up here and pump my fist and get all excited. And, and Vicki said, no, that's just not you. You can't do that. <laughs> so when you look at me and you hear what I'm saying, 
Just picture that in your mind. I won't do it to you, but I'll, I am excited to bring you this update from the pastor search process. We have someone coming to candidate with us on March 5th and 6th. And let that sink in. We have somebody coming next weekend. Uh, we know this is short notice. We apologize. Uh, but our candidate had a date open up, an earlier date. And in the interest of trying to get things rolling before school is out and people need to be selling homes and making decisions, we, uh, we opted to go ahead and, and have them come uh, as uh, early as possible. And that opening is next weekend. So if at all possible, please uh, make yourself available next Saturday and Sunday. Uh, while I'm here, I'd like to share some information regarding our candidate for lead pastor, Matthew Hunt. He's currently living in Madison, Indiana. He continues in his studies through Anderson University, pursuing a Master's of Divinity. Matt is 37 years old, Church of God pastor's son. He's been married to Nicole for 17 years. And they have four children. Peyton is 13. Quentin is 12. Annika is 9. And Miana is 5. So uh, it's, you know, it's a nice, good family. Matt has a BA in business management and is an experienced business leader and consultant with J.C. Penney for about 12 years. He's been called now to congregational ministry. Matt and Nicole both have undergraduate degrees from Anderson University. Uh, Nicole's is in youth ministry. I want to say it again. Nicole's is in youth ministry. Thank you. His former boss with J.C. Penney texted us uh, and when we were doing their search. Uh, Matt worked for me as a general manager and was a great leader. He was very thoughtful in how he led the team. His associates respected his leadership and his peers across the market partnered with him on many occasions. I would work with Matt again and I know that he would make a great impression with the church members as well as lead them in a passionate and caring way. <laughs> in the course of discussions with Matt and Nicole, we learned that there was another connection with him. He is in a leadership focus class. That's part of the credentialing process for the Church of God, and for Church of God candidates. And he is in a cohort, that's what they call their uh, groups that meet uh, across North America. They all get together, I guess, FaceTime. He's in a cohort chaired by Brother Trey Oldham of North Crossings Church. Trey is leading that cohort, and Matt just happened to be in it. Some comments from Trey regarding Matt. I have continuously been impressed with Matthew. He is a second career pastor 
meaning he has worked a normal job and was developing a career when he received his call to ministry. He has set his personal career ambitions aside to follow the call that God has placed on his life. I have no doubt that Matthew is called to the pastorate and that he has every gift necessary to be successful in that call. Continuing, Matthew has been a great student, has been a wonderful teammate in this cohort. He is thoughtful and engaging. He is slow to speak and eager to learn from those around him. He has a great knowledge of scripture and most importantly, a great heart for those who do not yet know God. If he were chosen to come to Stripe of Street Church, he would challenge you continually in the field of mission work. He has a passion for global missions and for backyard missions. He is down to earth and easy to talk with. So, after hours of discussions between Pastor Ray and Matt, the search and leadership teams with Matt and Nicole, after much prayer on both sides, we are all excited and unanimous in calling Matt and Nicole here as a pastoral candidate. Please make plans to be in attendance on March 5th and 6th, next Saturday and Sunday. Continue in prayer for us, with us, for all of God's leading in this effort. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. We're excited about that, and we pray that each of you and, and those who are listening online and, and others we may talk to through the week, we can encourage encourage each of us to be here and uh, just pray that Lord that the Lord's will be done and going forward and uh, excited about all that and uh, I want to personally thank the search committee each member on there and their their input and and uh, hours and and time that they've spent before Ray comes and shares with us I would like to mention some some prayer needs and uh, share a little scripture with you. Um, again, we have the pastoral uh, search and next weekend um, situation in Russia and Ukraine. Our country and leaders, uh, Annie, Nancy, Jerry Crane, Charles, and Nancy. Mary Crane, and others on there. And I would like to share a little bit of scripture with you uh, related to the Russia and Ukraine deal. And I'm not, again, like I told you, I think a month or so ago when I, when I chaired, I'm not going to go off the rails on this stuff, so don't get nervous. Uh, I would like to share with you some scripture from Matthew 24, 6 through 13. And I'm just going to read the verses, and if you want to talk to me at another time about 
about it, you can. And uh, the world is in a lot of hurt and a lot of trouble. And the best thing we can do is is give it to God and know He's in control, not have any fear. And there seems to be a theme this morning of peace um, in what Ken shared in song, what Ray's going to share, and some of hopefully what what I've said to you. So there's a couple key words, and again, I'm not going to go into detail, but in these verses I'm going to share, there's a couple of key words that you can keep in mind. One is rumors of war, wars and rumors of war and false prophets. Beginning with verse 6 says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your spirit being in this place in so many ways. And uh, I just pray that you'll just wrap your arms around each of us in the next few minutes and remind us of your love and, and care and presence in our lives. Bless Ray in a special way this morning, Lord. Give him strength and and bring healing, physical healing to his body and just bless him in a mighty way. Thanks for his life and what he's poured into our lives. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Barbara needs to be doing a dance is what needs to be happening. I was used to the doot, doot, doot music, you know, that, that goes on. Um, thank you for coming today. Thank you for uh, your prayers. I, I believe that uh, Monday, you know, when the text went out, if, if you didn't remember, you prayed. I thank you for that. Uh, it's glad to have Carvin back from Guatemala. They didn't keep him down there. And, uh, and also thanks, Carvin, for being my backup. I had a little physical problem, but God's good, and I'm going to make it through. This is two weeks in a row. I'm tired of this battle, but uh, we, we'll make it through, so thank you. I'm very excited about this weekend coming up, and you need to be excited, too. Um, and some of you are, and that's why I was saying Barbara's doing a jig over here. Uh, but we'll, we'll have plenty of opportunity uh, for you guys to probably be something Saturday night, a service Saturday night, and an opportunity to uh, hear their story, meet them, and then a bunch of opportunities next Sunday. We'll work all those details out. So a lot of opportunity. Uh, I did not know when I 
you know, actually laid out the sermon today uh, and everything, that war would be breaking out in Ukraine. I obviously knew there was tension over there, but I didn't know that. And I sure didn't know what things we're, we're all facing and, and what's going on. So if you'll get your outline and go with me, and I'm going to try to stay focused as best I can on this uh, unshakable peace. Um, you know, the Wall Street Journal has had several articles that have come out talking about uh, peace and how today in America they're so afraid and kind of like what Marlon was talking about and of course what's going on around the world today. Um, we actually live 60% longer than we did in 1900 uh, and honestly we're probably safer our life expectancy is longer. There's a lot of opportunities. And as much as we all love Westerns, and I love Westerns, I've, I love the old Westerns, let me say that. You know, when they said grace and ma'am and all that, not the new ones so much. But you didn't live too long back in those days. Uh, you know, but anyway, there's a need for peace. And if this isn't true today, it's true every day, but it's especially true today. I'm here to proclaim that we have the privilege, whether we feel it or not, but by faith to know Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah tells us that that's one of his names. Remember? Mighty Counselor, Wonderful God, called the Jesus God, Prince of Peace. And we know that Jesus talked about peace, and I want to talk about that uh, this morning. The scripture I'm going to read a little more than the, the key text that you have on your outline. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Are taken, it's taken from Philippians 4, 1 through 9. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. That really goes with what Marlon just read. Stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Can you hear Paul's pastor's heart? You know, just loves the people, wants to encourage them, and saying, you responding faith just is the crown here on this side of glory for him. I now appeal to you, Eudodia and Sintishi. And by the way, I looked it up how to say that, and it's about five different ways to say it. And that's the one that won the vote, okay? <laughs> Two ladies, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. For they worked hard with me telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are now written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is coming. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true 
and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we've been blessed this morning with great news. We've been blessed with great song from our brother. We have heard your word, and you're calling us to focus in on you, the Prince of Peace, and to hear from you. And Lord, I just pray, as we've already prayed, that you would just allow us to hear from you. We give you permission to speak to us. Father, allow me somehow, some way, to be your messenger, to share the message that you laid on my heart. And I thank you. I give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. And it is amazing to be in your presence and know that you love us so and that you have a desire for us to be your children. And all God's people said, amen. Anyone here this morning could use more peace in their life? A little more joy in their life? Absolutely. So to have unshakable peace, I knew you were going to ask that, so I've already got it on the outline for you. Number one, make sure that you're at peace with God. We all know this. This is a no-brainer. All peace that's out there, any kind of peace we have, to have unshakable peace, it's got to start with having a good relationship with our Lord. Paul said that. Stay true to the Lord. He says that in verse 1. Stay true to the Lord. He says that at the end, the God of peace will be with you. It all comes from God. In fact, I want to go ahead and say this. I don't have a problem with doctors. I believe in medicine. I believe God gave us that gift. But I want to make, as a person who's practiced in, in one art of that, and in many of you that have been there and have family that do it, I will tell you this. All healing comes from God. I never healed anybody. No other doctor ever healed anybody. All healing comes from God. We only apply his principles. We only, you know, sometimes we mess those up <laughs> with what we know. But all healing comes from God. And I want to tell you, all true peace comes from God. And I want to boldly proclaim that. Have you ever been at odds with God on something? Sure you have. We, we all have. We've been at odds with God. I'm not saying we intentionally planned on it. But we have. I uh, had a history in my past of hiking in Colorado. In fact, man, the technology we have today is unbelievable. Back then, I had to order these maps, topographical maps. And I went backpacking in Colorado. I've packed about every one of the trails and took youth out there for years when I was in Kansas. Because when you're in Kansas and it's flat, and hot in the summer, you want to go to the mountains. This is what I found out. If you live in the mountains, you want to go to the flatland or the beach. And I love the beach. Don't get me wrong, all you beach bun, you know, I got it. But I turn into a French fire very quick on the beach. So I only have the early morning and the late evening to be there unless it's, there's SPF 1000. When they get that out, you know, I might take a, like you used to do, dip a dog in tick dip. You could dip me in that maybe, and I might make it. But I just turned red. So I love the mountains, and I would backpack. 
I also have a hobby, as many of you know, of, of, of land management and deer management. That's my hobby. And I have walked miles with a spreader planting seeds, wheat, things like that for food plots. And every now and then I would get something in my boot. And it might, man, I mean, you know, I can handle this. Oh, I just have a little bit more to go. Only got a mile to go. I have found, though, that a 70-pound, I, I learned wisdom in backpacking. I got the latest high-tech cool stuff, you know, as time would come on. That was my hobby. But 60 pounds of high-tech, lightweight stuff still weighs 60 pounds. It, it took me a while to figure that out. And, uh, and if you get a little pebble in your boot, it isn't bad for a while, but after a while, you're going to take your boot off. And, and when I've taken, I've never been so shocked at what a little wheat seed could do or something, a little rock the size of a BB, but after you walk and you undo the boot, you expect a boulder to fall out. And it's just a little bit of, uh, a little bit of something that falls out. And I thought about that, and I was thinking, that's kind of how God works with us. Many times what God does to us is he doesn't just overwhelm us or blow us off. There's exceptions. Paul got knocked off his donkey, you know. There's exceptions. But many times he just, you know, wants to go somewhere in our life to deal with something in our life. And it's a little constant little thing. Ray, Ray, your name or whatever. He's calling out to you little. He loves us so much. He just keeps saying. Sometimes you just kind of know we need to talk. Go, yeah, I know, but not now. Not now. Uh, and God just starts calling my name. At least that's kind of how he works to me. And here's what I've noticed. If you keep ignoring him just like I do that, he's not going to go away. I had a guy contact me a while back from uh, down south and said, uh, hey, would you by any chance happen to have my baptismal certificate? I was baptized back in the 60s over on Parkview Drive in a church there. And uh, your dad did the baptism. And, you know, at that time, dad didn't have his cognitive ability to remember any of that, nor probably could anybody go that far back. But I was able to look back and find out what kind of what day it was. And here's what he said. He said, after living a long life and doing my own thing and having some successes, he said, the great hound of heaven kept tracking me down. God doesn't give up on us. And he doesn't want to disrupt us and blow us away. He just wants to keep knocking. There's a, at the chapel at Gulf Coast Bible College back in the day, there was a window very, uh, about like that, and, and it was a painting, and there was a door, and there was a picture of Jesus knocking at the door. And there wasn't a doorknob on the outside. Because God has decided to let each of us decide to open the door. Well, here's what I'm saying. Once you get saved, God doesn't quit knocking. Have I got a witness? Anybody know that? <laughs> he keeps knocking. And he loves us along, and he encourages us along, and we have victories along, but he keeps knocking. And he keeps wanting to work in our life to give us more of him and more peace. I've got a text there on your outline. It says... Uh, Psalmist David, when I refuse to confess my sin, 
I was weak and miserable and groaned all day long. And then I'm going to skip a little ahead. Finally, I confessed my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. That should put a smile on our face. That's why I said when things are going bad, we tend to want to run away from God when we need to run to him because he wants to give us his peace. He wants to set us free. It's like a, an infection that's cut and all the bad stuff's taken out. There's a relief there. I almost sent uh, Reuben and Brooke a, a picture, and you've probably seen it. Y'all are more socially, social media aware than I am. But it's a picture of soldiers in Iraq getting baptized. And they're right in the middle of the war, and there's no baptistry over there. Uh, this would work, Marlon, you could use it. They, they got their, their big front loaders, you know, their front loader bucket, and they came out there, set it down, filled it up with water, and they were baptizing them in the front loader during war. In the midst of war, there's peace from the Prince of Peace, amen? I saw before this war uh, that's going on, um, there are Christians in Ukraine, and the, many of them were getting baptized before they, they went to war, you know. Now, I don't know about waiting until then, I say get baptized and lived every day that way. But dear brothers and sisters, make sure you have peace with God. So on your outline, I have a thing there for you. You can't have peace within yourself, within, unless you have peace from Him. So it starts with peace with God. We've got, I, I mean, I could go on and on. There's sermons we preach all the time about that. But it starts with our relationship with Him. Now, secondly, don't forfeit your peace to relational pettiness. Now this is going to make us squirm a little bit because this is true. I believe all of us here know the Lord as personal Savior. But I'm going to tell you, this relational, and if you don't like pettiness, put nonsense. Put nonsense. There's a bunch of words you can use. But if we notice in verse 2, Paul talks about two very good ladies who helped him and loved him. And it doesn't mean there's nothing gender about it being women. Let me make sure. It could be guys. It could be anybody. And Paul's saying, look, that's not a big deal. People will disagree. And brothers and sisters, I know you love me. You've proven it. You've shown it. But we many times have disagreements, but like I shared when we spoke those several Wednesday nights, there are non-negotiables, but all these other things are, are negotiable and they are not important. They're not worth causing division in the kingdom of God. We've got to set priorities and the greatest commandments always go to those first. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And by the way, we both agree with that. But I don't like you. You're a Republican. You're a Democrat. You're a, you know, this. You're that. Whatever we are. You know, whatever names we are. What, what kind of deals. You, you kill animals. You love animals. You know, whatever. I don't know. You know, all these things that we get caught up with. But we both agree we love God with all of our heart. The second part is and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I want to say, God wants you to love yourself in a healthy way. He doesn't want you to go, oh, when I look in a mirror, it's just amazing. No, not like that. Anybody got that problem? Marlon will take you back here. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> no. I've known some people like that, particularly in high school and college. 
Bless their heart. That's Southern for messed up, by the way. That's for my Yankee friends that are watching it online. Now, on these two, loving God with all your heart and loving your neighbor yourself, the Word tells us and God tells us that all the law and the prophets are built on them. So if we're out of sync with God and now we're out of sync with one another and having relational pettiness going on and all of that, here's the thing, we're messed up. In fact, if we get, I'm right with God, I don't care what the rest of them think. I don't care about the, the body of Christ. I don't care about the church. Here's the thing, you're not going to go to heaven. The Bible says you have to have both. And also, the Bible even says this, if I come down here to get saved, if I come down here to rededicate my life, if the Holy Spirit speaks to me and convicts me, and I come down here and I'm pouring my heart out, and all of a sudden, the Spirit tells me I got a problem with Marlon and he and I got issues and I can't stand him or whatever it is. You know what the Bible says? Quit talking to me. I'm not listening to you. Go over and get it right with Marlon as best you can. In other words, relationships among one another in the body of Christ is a big deal. Can I get two amens? A hundred will do. But there's not a hundred people here, so say it again. Amen. Okay, we got a hundred. <laughs> had, had to go twice. It's like, God bless you. One of the votes I saw wrote a comment on there. Like 60 people voted. I have to say this. I wish it wasn't on the internet. But one, I got, one person put a thousand times yes. So I got six, 1,060 votes. <laughs> I love that comment. I love that comment. My point is, yes, it, they're both important. In most situations in our lives that really things happen, wars have started over silly things, guys. But look, look at what the Word says. Old Testament, work hard at living at peace with others. And it does take time to work hard. You look at somebody today, if you're raised, whatever generation you're raised in and you look at the other generation, you can see good in them, both upwards and backwards, older, younger, but you also can see challenges. There's sometimes you have to look past rings, past tattoos, past clothing or lack of clothing. <laughs> That's harder. You know, whatever you got to look past, you have to look past some things. But it does take, we have to commit. I want to have peace with my brothers and sisters. It takes commitment. And then it says, uh-oh, in Romans, Paul tells us, do your part. Do your part in living at peace as much as possible. So, I have on your outline, I think there, that you can't settle your relational conflicts uh, all the time. But you can settle your part of them. Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm not talking about an abusive person, a dangerous situation. I'm not talking about all that. There's wisdom. We have, I've preached sermons on that. But I'm telling you, do your part. Do your part. Do our part. And, and I can even give you counsel on that if you're struggling with something that's bothering you. Situations do arrive to all of us and we all mess up, we all struggle. Here's the thing, we just do our part to make it right. Back in 1996, that's a long time ago, Lisa Lynn was following a truck and the truck was going too slow. 
So she got annoyed. She pulled out beside it. I don't know exactly how she did it, but she rolled down her window on the right side and pulled out an aluminum baseball bat and started swinging at the big truck. Bless her heart. As the Lord would have it, they're never where they need to be, but there was happened to be a state trooper there that saw it. There is a God, all right? So he pulls out, lights it up, pulls her over, and he's going to give her a ticket. There's nothing to talk about. But when he went around back to do her license plate, he said he put his foot up on the deal and looked at her tag, and it says this, capital P, Peace 95. Well, he could not go talk to her then. He goes back around and he asks her about the personalized, personalized plate, piece 95, what's that all about? And here's what she said. Well, I just think there's too much violence in the world. <laughs> well, you know, we laugh at that, but maybe while we're pay, praying for peace out there, we might, might need to start thinking about peace in here. When we're praying about revival out there and how bad the world's going, we might need to think about revival in my own life. When we're worried about, you know, things out there, I think it all starts with us. And every time that I point my finger at Mike, okay, one's kind of going toward God, although I could do that, God's everywhere. <laughs> one's going toward Mike, but there's three coming back at me. And I kind of think that's biblical. Every time we point, we got to look at ourselves too and our part in that. And I look, I pray for peace in the Middle East. Man, now we got Europe going on. I pray for peace here in our, our south in our area. But while praying for peace, I also need to pray for peace at home, in my life, in my wife's life, in my family. And I want to go ahead and proclaim, do you know who your most precious disciples are? Your family. Your family. If you're a man, it's your family. There. If, it's, if you're a mom, it's your children. That's your most precious disciples. That should be your priority. Always your priority. And look, I know when you go from there to brothers and sisters, especially when you get older, when you kind of spread out from that, it gets tough. I, I mean, I, I've got that. But I'm telling you, that's where it starts. So we've got peace with God. We've got to get rid of relational pettiness. That came right out of this scripture. Thirdly, trade in your panic button for a prayer partner. Trade in your panic button for a prayer partner. Paul says in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Quit freaking out. That's the modern translation. Quit freaking out. Instead, pray about everything. Don't, I want to ask you something. Does worrying or freaking out change circumstances. No. You're over here, <laughs> you know, just going crazy and all that, and it's not making things good. Now, I'm a guy that when I get upset, I will vent. And there's several of you like that too, I know. Remember, you took your personality test. So, yeah, there's some of you that are going to vent. Well, the thing is, you might vent. You feel good. But what about the poor person whose hair standing up and you just blasting them with a tornado? You know, <laughs> Dinah is a saint. And some of you need to tell your spouse they're a saint <laughs> when you let it all out. 
Jesus says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Matthew 6, 27, of course not. He tells us to let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. I want to tell you, I believe with all my heart, every, for every minute we really worry. And you're going to have troubles. You're going to have worries. I know that. You can't help it. But for every minute we worry, I believe the same minute is taken off of our life. And I mean, I'm based that on science, based on what I've seen, people that worry a lot, premature death, all the anxiety that's out there. I'm just saying, we, we can't help it when it comes, but let's get over it real quick because it's not good. On your outline, I think I have worry sees what I can't do. Prayer sees what God can do. Sometimes when we pray, it's not about changing God, it's about changing us. And as we pray, God begins to speak to us. I know you've had that happen, and he changes us in the prayer. That's awesome. Worry magnifies the problem. Prayer magnifies the solution, because God's the solution. Worry is about control, and prayer is about surrender. Do you believe that? Really, I'm going to be honest, I'm not cutting any of us down that have tremendous anxiety and struggle with that. I'm just stating this, that worry is sort of a form of self-worship. We're sort of worshiping us and we get into that and can kind of do a pity party and all that. And you're taking on, you know, some of us tend to take on the problems of the world and all that. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to cast our anxieties to Him, give them to God. And let me tell you, it's amazing to have you a prayer partner you can call. That isn't going to judge you when, when they call and they say, Pastor Ray, would you pray for me? Or John, or whatever it is, would you pray for me? I'm going through a tough time. They don't go, well, now that ain't a tough time. Let me tell you about my time. <laughs> That's not what they do. They, <laughs> you, you want to go hit the pre-recorded message, you know, this call is not about you. you know. uh, but when you call somebody, and, and isn't it awesome to have, and I bet each of you here, that especially that have lived a, a life with victory in God, you have somebody you can call that's not going to judge you, that will go, I'll pray for you. I shared with you last week, I had that large funeral to do, and I was the only one of the three ministers that had met with the family you know, for hours and wrote all this stuff out and then all of a sudden I'm sick and all this is going on and everything. And I call somebody I have a lot of faith in and I call uh, actually a couple people, but I call this one person and, and they immediately said, yes, I will pray for you right now. Let's pray now. Started praying on the phone. You know, God, you know his heart. You know the preparation. You know what's here. You know, there, there's this attack. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, that gave me that gave me courage. It gave me strength. Did I instantly just zap? No, but boy, in a, a little time I got better. But let me tell you, that's a solution. Worrying about it, what am I going to do? And I don't know what to do. You know, that's not going to do anything. So I'm telling you what I need to hear too, okay? That's true. I, I saw this story. There was a man from Spain Edward Perez, who was visiting Stockholm, Sweden, and when he was in the heart of town, he saw a beautiful Catholic church, and it was open, and it, it was a time of prayer, and he had some things going on in his life. He went in there, and there was a man laying in state in the casket there. Nobody else, the book was there, nobody signed it, 
So he went up, signed the book, went over to the altar and began to pray. He prayed for his needs and he prayed for the man he didn't even know his name, uh, what his name was. What he didn't know is the guy's name was Jen Swenson and he was a real estate investor and <laughs> maybe he didn't have such a good life because I guess nobody signed the book but Edwards. And so Edward gets a call from this guy's attorney later and says, by the way, in the will it said, whoever prayed for his soul, uh, you know, I, I need to contact. Did you pray for him? He said, yeah, I didn't know him. I don't know anything about him. I'm just visiting, but I signed. You know, he re it took him a while to get him. It was a couple months later. But yeah, I, I prayed for him, and, but I prayed for myself. He said, well, I need to get with you. you you're going to get a check for a million dollars. So it pays to pray. <laughs> Maybe if that'll get you going, I'll, I'll tell you, it pays to pray. <laughs> now I know a lot of people when they buy a lottery ticket, oh Lord, what's the numbers? I don't think it works that way. I don't think it works that way. But I tell you what, really we should pray all the time. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Kind of, and how can you do that? How can you be driving and pray? I got a new one. How can you drive and not pray? Man, I'm coming back from Dallas. You know, we got stuck over there in that ice storm and didn't get free, set free till the sun came out and started melting. I mean, nothing's worth, and, you know, you can skate on the street, you know. And we're coming back, and everybody else is coming to Monroe. Uh, all of Dallas, there was some special going on over here or something. I mean, it was bumper to bumper, sideways, sideways, and then somebody had to have a wreck, so there's 40 minutes to go three miles. You know, like, it was just one of those deals, you know. So it took seven, a little over seven hours to come from uh, just actually Terrell, just this side over there. And you know, it was, it was kind of crazy. And I'm telling you, the whole time I'm wise to know, God, this is dangerous, man. I mean, it's dangerous. We need you. But I'm, what I'm saying about pray without ceasing, just being a spirit of prayer, just God's always there talking to him, cast your cares to him. If you have a bad thought like, I did on a few of those drivers. Like if we had a button that would hit them and you know, boom, and they'd kind of move, no one would get hurt, but you know, boom, I'd probably be going like a video game. You guys that play video games, boom, 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 you know, they're out of the way and you just drive through and the smoke comes and you go through, you know. Oh yeah, Lord forgive me for that. And my grandson's in the back seat, so forgive me for that, you know. And he's like, Pablo, I say, look at this. Boom, boom, boom. He's playing a switch, you know. Oh, Lord. So we need to be in an attitude of prayer all the time. Amen. Last, focus. Focus your mind on the serenity. That's another word for peace. On the peace of Christ's security. Focus your mind on the serenity of Christ's security. In an article, what, Why Are Americans So Afraid, um, that, that I talked about earlier, the Wall Street Journal, Scott Jordan is an owner of a clothing store in Chicago. Now I want you to listen to this, Scott Jordan. Scott flies a small single engine plane. Scott has bungee jumped. Scott has dropped out of a helicopter on a glacier to ski. Scott has admittedly driven his sports car on public streets at 152 miles per hour. 
and he often rides without a seatbelt. But Scott had recently canceled his trip to South Korea because he was afraid the hotel that they would be staying at would have a terrorist attack. Scott, like many Americans, is not living in reality. What do you think the probability of a terrorist attack hitting him in that hotel in South Korea is compared to driving 152 miles per hour on the streets of Chicago? Hello? You, you get what I'm saying? In the worst year of the terrorist attacks, which we all know is 2001, 3,000 Americans died. Even that year, Scott have a, had a 12 times greater chance of being killed in a regular car accident doing 70 miles an hour. You add the 152 and he's probably five or 600 times more to die than he would in a terrorist attack. Why are we so afraid? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you a lot of it's media and we need to watch this, brothers and sisters. When you turn on the TV, I remember H1N1, SARS, West Nile, East Nile, Grand Nile, COVID-1, COVID-2, COVID-3, flu A, flu B, flu D, C, E. Uh, you know what I mean. There's always something on the deal. In other words, a lot of TV, a lot of movies, a lot of things out there, guys, Satan's controlling just to put a lot of fear out. I just want to be honest with us. We live in a world where there's a lot of that fear so we're bombarded. So what do we need to do? Always keep praying and also hide the word of God in our heart, get in the word of God, come to church, be with one another. There's nobody that's coming to church in an active Bible-believing church, serving God, serving on the search team that has a lot of time to worry about anything other than that. You know what I mean? You get busy doing God's work and it's amazing. Paul says in verse eight, fix your thoughts on what's true. That's probably not all in the media. Be, fix your thoughts on what's honorable, what's right. Think about pure and lovely things. What's admi admirable? Uh, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, let's put our mind on God and on good things. And sometimes when we all get down or we struggle or we're hurting physically, we, we have to, Literally, by faith, you don't feel it, by faith, start thinking on the good things. And when I see something in my child that frustrates me or another individual that frustrates me, and, and not that that happens a lot, but when we do that, but we look and say, well, what's good about them? Oh, a bunch of things. Well, let's start thinking about those things. Amen? Now, do you think you'd walk out of this sanctuary a lot better if you're thinking about that child or that person or whatever their good qualities you're a lot better off than if you're thinking about the negative I say God open our eyes so that we can see David said it well there on your outline I will lie down in peace and sleep for you alone O Lord will keep me safe I've uh, I get the privilege to pray with my grandson some nights Grandma D wins it most of the time, but old Papa gets a chance every now and then. And he's always praying, Lord, you take care of me tonight and take care of the world till I, <laughs> till I wake up in the morning. You know, like he's going to take care of it when he gets up. But, you know, during the night you cover everything and take care of my dreams. You've you got to keep my dreams 
you know, good and all that stuff. And uh, just the, the childlike faith to pray to the Prince of Peace and know he's going to take care of it. And a child, I don't know about you, it don't get any better than that. I want to have that. I want to have that. So, I have on your outline at the bottom there. Let me get that so I can read it to you. Because I'm in the arms of God, the world can ruin, ruin my reputation, but it cannot change my character. Amen. Limit my movement, but it can't stop me from being free. Possibly steal my money, but it cannot trust my, touch my treasure. Tear down my house, but it can't take away my home. Determine my circumstances, but not my attitude. Make me sad, but it can't make me quit. Sicken my flesh, but it can't, cannot quench my spirit. Kill my body, but it can't touch my soul. I have peace. And where does that peace come from? From God. From God. Are we going to sing? Why don't you guys come on up here and get ready to sing? Duke University did a study why some people are more at ease than others. This is the world now. And why they have less stress. And they came up with eight things. But the number one one worded many different ways was this. People who believe in a higher, higher power have more peace. They can't say God, of course, you know that. So even the world knows this, guys, that peace comes from God. So as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I pray for you in your life, you will serve the Lord. And let's adore the Prince of Peace and cast all our anxieties to him. Amen. Let's sing. Won't you stand with us, please, as we sing about this wonderful peace.
I just need to uh, let everybody know we will have a board meeting on the 14th of March. Business meetings. I knew that. Anyway, on the 14th of March, business meeting. Okay, Marlon, would you come? On a little light note, and then I'm going to... Uh, for our closing prayer, I'm going to read a, just a brief scripture related to what's been shared this morning. In the course of life, and you're worrying, and you're all, it's all messed up. And this is profound, so listen real close. As of 11.10 this morning, you've made it through 100% of your bad days. John 14, 27, and this will be our closing. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Amen. Have a good week.